재미와 지식의 오디오라이프 팝빵. Well, we just finished talking about some of the uh, potential problems uh, between the United States and Europe on the issues of trade. Uh, what about the issues of uh, defense and cost sharing? Uh, this has also uh, become uh, somewhat controversial this week when the uh, new Secretary of Defense of the U.S., James Mattis, delivered a blunt warning to allies of NATO, the North Atlantic Treaty Organization, saying that they must boost their defense spending or the United States could pull back from its uh, commitment to the transatlantic bloc. Uh, how serious an ultimatum is this? What does this mean to the uh, future uh, security alliance between the two sides? Uh, joining us from Anglia Ruskin University International Relations, Professor Ian Shields. Hello. Hello there. Thank you for joining us, Professor Shields. Uh, the first question is exactly this uh, idea of how much is being paid right now. We have 28 member countries. There's this uh, alliance goal of spending 2% of your uh, GDP uh, towards uh, NATO defense. Do you think in, uh, do you, I guess the Trump argument that America is paying more than its fair share, is, is that a valid argument? It's a valid argument um, to a very large extent, unfortunately. It's a valid argument as much as the 2% target, which is um, uh, part of the NATO agreement, is currently only being met by five uh, countries. Um, um, and of those five, Greece is in a, in, in a perilous economic position, and I'm frankly surprised that they're spending as much as 2% um, on defence. Estonia, for obvious reasons with its uh, uh, position in the Baltic, is also spending 2%, but of course it's a very small economy, it's a small baseline. Poland, not too bad. The UK is doing its share, and America is, and of course with the size of the American economy, that is a vast number. So in, in many ways, yes, I think America is being unfairly expected to pay more by the fellow members of NATO, partly because of the size of the uh, American economy, but more importantly because the other nations just aren't pulling their weight. Mm. And if this is not an issue that is uh, unique or just suddenly came to the surface with Trump. Previous U.S. presidents have been trying to sort of nudge uh, NATO members to to pay more than what they currently are paying. It just has been a difficult situation. But overall, the uh, principle has been the security of the continent. This transatlantic alliance really supersedes any of the other kind of squabbles you would have over cost sharing, right? Yes, um, um, but it must also be said largely based on history. Mm. Um, um, and we go back to um, the decision uh, made in 1941 that America would go for a Europe-first policy rather than looking across the Pacific in terms of dealing with the access uh, threat and the war. And America has long looked large, I suppose, because of its cultural European roots in many ways. Um, and, of course, the, 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 the main elements of power in the US are based on the Atlantic seaboard, have, has long looked to, uh, towards Europe. How long this patient is going to last, and with the rhetoric that um, we're all becoming familiar with from the new president, um, we could be for an interesting ride. In terms of a country like Germany, an economic powerhouse, uh, when Mattis issues a statement like that, how, how, how disconcerting is it to um, someone in Germany who has a pacifist tradition and there still are bitter memories of what happened during World War II and uh, whether they should indeed sort of have a more forward defense posture? 
very good question, um, and uh, 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 and this this goes to the heart of many of the debates about the role that that Germany wants to have. She is very much the leading light in in the EU. Of that, I have uh, uh, no doubt. Um, she has a place on the world stage, but she's also got the burden of history weighing heavily upon her shoulders. I would imagine within Germany there is a degree of concern, but whether this is going to be enough to uh, persuade um, uh, the Merkel government or later this year potentially a successor to the Merkel government to change its policy and spend more on defence, I think highly unlikely. Um, Germany is spending around about 1.1% of GDP on defence, produces a fair uh, size income. But its armed forces um, do not deploy very often. Uh, they, uh, the, the, the role is broadly questioned within German society. And I don't somehow another see um, even threats from Mattis or suggestions of threats from Mattis uh, changing minds within Germany. Mm. What that would mean for Germany's long-term future? Well, to a certain extent, that's tied up with the future of NATO itself. I mean, it may sound like a very uh, bold, maybe even you would say provocative statement by Mattis, but he has largely been seen as, uh, to be quite frank, one of the adults uh, of the Trump administration so far, especially uh, part of their national security team. Uh, there is so much, I suppose, uh, fog right now surrounding the White House with all of these uh, allegations surrounding Russia and the links between the Trump campaign and Russia prior to the election. Uh, this is, though, if if we just look at it and, and just put aside all those allegations, this is a development that Russia would find to be favorable to its national interests, right? Absolutely. Um, and it's quite interesting if one tries to look through the look, look at the world through uh, a, a, a Russian lens. And in many ways, Russia w- could claim to feel surrounded by countries that are either NATO or at least pro-Western, pro-American. Um, on many sides, uh, she, she, she is uh, 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 surrounded by this. And then we come into the whole issue of, uh, of the security paradigm. If NATO increases its defence spending, claiming to be um, doing this for reasons of defence, is that going to make Russia feel uh, more threatened? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, the, the, back in the Soviet Union days, they always claimed that the, pro, that the reason the Warsaw Pact was there was a defensive alliance because NATO was, in their view, primarily aggressive. NATO said, of course, the fact the same thing about the Warsaw Pact. So I think if uh, NATO does start spending significantly more on defense, it could, if anything, destabilize further relationships with Russia. Interesting. Now, this is not just relegated to NATO, as you well know. Uh, there's been a similar uh, sort of, um, uh, I, I suppose, uh, encouragement, we can say, uh, pointed towards Japan, um, much more so pointed towards here uh, in South Korea, as well as this issue of cost sharing, the issue of uh, paying more than your fair share. Ultimately, with this uh, president, Donald Trump, he uh, fancies himself a deal maker. Do you feel with the question of NATO the cost-sharing, he will get his way? Um, no. <laughs> to be blunt, I, I, I don't think he, he, he will. Um, um, he can make all sorts of threats. He could perhaps even uh, carry some of them out. But it isn't just a simple method, sorry, beg pardon, a simple matter of defence. There's also economics tied up in this. Mm. Um, America is a significant export of arms. Right. America earns a lot of a lot of its gdp a lot of its foreign 
um, sales and therefore investment is from defence. If it starts cutting back on defence spending itself, it's going to upset an awful lot of high-tech, good-value manufacturing jobs across the USA. This is not going to be popular. If it starts insisting on NATO spending more and NATO goes the other way, then this is going to uh, hit the American arms export market. And that's at the economic level, and then there's the whole question of, uh, of diplomacy, um, of how right. you exercise power. America being the big defence spender, this gives it a big clout when it comes to discussions. Mm. And uh, the, the threat is real to an extent. Whether it's actually going to be carried out, I'm not so sure. Right. Whether it would actually have the impact, I think highly unlikely. Okay. Well, uh Professor Shields, some fascinating insights. Really appreciate your time. Thank you very much for joining us. You're most welcome.